you define where you want to go in the future, it defines what you should be doing in the present. The right meeting with the wrong people is the wrong meeting. Few things are more dangerous than a driven organization or a driven individual that lacks purpose and values. Well, hey there. We have not yet had the pleasure of meeting. My name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, if you've listened to the first three episodes, you know that our mission at Path for Growth is to help impact-driven leaders unleash who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And one of the vehicles that we use to do that is these content episodes of the podcast. And really, we have a very clear objective for these episodes is to give you efficient and engaging content that makes you a stronger individual and a more effective leader in under 25 minutes. And here's the deal, folks. Last time we talked about the hierarchy of vision and we really ended that episode with highlighting the idea that your greatest contribution as an impact-driven leader is when you operate from the posture of expansionary vision. We said that expansionary vision is a future destination that lies just beyond the edge of your comfort zone because this involves you doing the work that only a leader can do. You get above and ahead of the business. And I want to tell you flat out, I wrote a lesson for today, this episode of the podcast, that really makes it hyper-practical. Last time was really about the what, what is the posture you should be operating with, and now we're going to talk about the how. We're going to talk about five actions for catching an expansionary vision and then clarifying it to your team. But here's the deal. Five actions in under 25 minutes, that is a hustle. So we are going to hustle today. We're going to be moving fast. If you're the type of person that listens to podcasts on 2x speed, this probably isn't going to be the one you want to do that on because we have a lot of content to get through, but I'm so excited about it because this is going to make this whole topic of vision something that is less ethereal and more practical. So let's start with the foundation. Let's start with the base level. Really, at the outset, we want to reiterate what we talked about last time, and that's just the idea that an expansionary vision enables you to, number one, replace ambiguity with clarity. Teams thrive when they have a clear answer to the question, where are we going? That's what a vision is, and certainly an expansionary vision is a long-term destination that's just out of your comfort zone, like we talked about, that answers that exact question, where are we going? So it's going to replace ambiguity with clarity. It's also going to help you unify the team. Dissension occurs when people can't answer that question. Unity occurs whenever they rally around the answer to that question. So you're going to create clarity, you're going to create unity, you're also going to establish focus because it's so interesting how whenever we define where we want to go, both as an individual or as a team and a business, it really starts to inform what we should be doing now. When you define where you want to go in the future, it defines what you should be doing in the present. And finally, it's going to help you lead instead of react. Too often, it's so easy for leaders and even impact-driven leaders 
to get caught in this whirlwind of just putting out fires and playing what I call whack-a-mole, where they're just hitting every problem as it shows up, and, and they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Just not helpful. It doesn't make any sense. They're reacting. Have you ever been in that position where you're reacting? And, and what occurs whenever you create that vision for the future is it gives you the opportunity. It also gives you the ability to lead. So again, we're going to reduce ambiguity, we're going to unify the team, we're going to establish focus, and then we're going to have the ability as a result to lead instead of react. That's why this is so crucial. Now, if you want more information on what an expansionary vision is and what it enables you to do as a leader, I would go check out episode three. But like I said, today we, we've theoretically all bought in on the fact that it's like, okay, I want to catch and then cast an expansionary vision. I want to have a vision of a future destination that lies just beyond the edge of my comfort zone as a leader because I've bought into all these things that it's going to do for our organization. So now today we're going to jump into the how. I told you we're moving fast because I want to get to this content. So here's what I've got for you today. It's five actions for, for establishing an expansionary vision. Again, this is five actions that regardless of whether you just started your business, regardless of maybe you're thinking of starting your business, or you've been an organization that's been around for a long time, these are five actions for catching an expansionary vision. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them to you from the top, and then we're going to run through them one at a time and break them down. Number one is define the non-negotiables. Number two is choose the stakeholders. Number three is change the scenery. Four is unravel the dream, and five is decide the vision. So that's what we're going to jump into right now. That's the outline that we're going to be walking through. If you want the notes for this episode, we'll put that in the show notes, and you can always download that afterwards as well. So here's what I want you to know. Action number one is to define the non-negotiables. This is so crucial, and I don't want you to miss this, because here's what I want you to hear. In the first episode in this series, we talked about the fact that you as a leader and your team need to be able to answer three questions. Why do we exist? What do we stand for? And where are we going? Now, we said that where are we going is this question of vision, but it has to be accompanied by those other two answers, those other two questions, which is why do we exist? And that's answered in your mission. And what do we stand for? That's answered by your values. Here's what I want you to hear. If you arrive at your vision and in doing so, you abandon your mission and your values, you have not won. Chasing an expansionary vision without a firm foundation of why we exist and what we stand for is not leadership. It's recklessness, folks. It's so crucial that if we're going to establish a bold, an audacious, a grand expansionary vision of where we're going in the future, especially if you're a driven person, you have to first ground that vision of where we are going in a purpose that you believe in and values that you will stand by. Because here's what I want you to hear. Don't miss this. Few things are more dangerous than a driven organization or a driven individual that lacks purpose and values. Few things are more dangerous than a driven individual or a driven organization that lacks purpose and values. Because here's the deal. If you're driven, my fear is not that you're going to reach this vision. My fear is not that you're not going to reach this goal. My fear is that you will. 
And in reaching that goal, you will have sacrificed all of your values and all of your purpose because you never established it. Because here's the deal. The mark of a powerful vision is that you and your people sell out to see it achieved, right? We've all seen this. Whenever you and your team and and the people that are surrounding you, whenever you absolutely sell out, you just play all out to see it achieved. That's, That's what it looks like whenever people are rallied around a compelling vision. But you have to first establish the things that you will not sacrifice, the things that you will not give up in order to see that vision achieved. That if we get to that three-year goal, and in doing so, we've lost track of our purpose, and we've lost track of our values, have we actually won? No. So action number one is to define the non-negotiables. And here's how you do that. You clarify and ingrain an aspirational mission that answers the question, why do we exist? And immovable core values. Here's what this looks like. I want to give you an example from Path for Growth's perspective. I've told you all all the time. Our our mission here at Path for Growth is to help impact-driven leaders unleash who they were created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And we're still working on some of the core values right now because this is a small growing business. But I will tell you, one of the core values is strength is for service. One of them is truth and one of them is relationship. Now, as I'm casting vision for this organization, and if I cast a big, bold, audacious goal, and that's what we're working on right now with our team, if we chase that goal all out and go so hard after it that we sacrifice truth, we sacrifice relationship, we're not serving people, and we completely give up on our mission, have we actually won even if we reach the destination? Absolutely not. We have to constantly remind ourselves, but then we have to constantly remind our teams that, hey, the way we win is by chasing this vision while simultaneously holding tight to the reason why we do it and to what we stand for. We're going to chase the vision and we're going to hold on to really tight the reason why we do it and what we stand for because those things are immovable. So number one, the first action was to define the non-negotiables. Why do we exist and what do we stand for? Now, number two is we need to choose the stakeholders. We're going to define the non-negotiables and then we're going to choose the stakeholders. What I mean by this is people always ask me the question like, okay, whenever we're thinking about the long-term vision of our business, of our organization, of this team, who gets in that room? Like, is that something we do with everyone? And I'll never forget. There was one time that I was I was working with someone and we had honestly just recently met and they came up to me and they said, oh my gosh, Alex, I'm just so excited. I've been focused more on culture because I'm so excited about the work that we're doing together. And and I think I've got our long-term vision. I think I've got it. And they were clearly excited. And I, I got excited too. I was like, okay, well, like, how'd you come about this? It, I mean, that happened really fast. And they said, I sent out a Google survey to our entire team of 40 people and asked them, what should our vision be? I wish you could see my hands on my head right now. Say, don't do that. Listen to me. Vision by committee is not the answer. Vision should be informed by the entire team, but it should be determined by the leaders of the team. Again, it should be informed by the entire team, but it should be determined by the leaders of the team. 
So what this means is that we need to make sure that as we establish and as we schedule these meetings to discuss vision, we get the right people in the room. We get the right stakeholders in the room because this is a principle that applies to leadership as a whole. The right meeting with the wrong people is the wrong meeting. I'm going to say it again. The right meeting with the wrong people is the wrong meeting. And you know, you know, if you've led for more than two minutes, you know that if you have a team, people want to be in this room. And at the same time, just because people want to be in the room doesn't mean they've earned the ability to be in that room yet. Recognize that the team is doing their operational job. The team is fulfilling their responsibilities so that you and your leaders can do this job. And you need to make sure that the people in the room are the right people. And I was actually in a meeting not that long ago where it was crazy. We were talking about strategic planning. We were talking about the identity of the organization. Everyone was around the table rallying around this conversation. And there was one individual in that room that quite frankly, they they just, they weren't one of the leaders of the organization and therefore they didn't belong in the room. And afterwards, myself and and the owner, we we sat down and we kind of discussed the dynamic of the room and how the meeting went. And we said, yeah, I think the meeting went good, but it was like the, the elephant in the room that that individual probably shouldn't have been in there. And it wasn't anything against them at all. No, we, I mean, we love them as a person. It's just they didn't have a, a really a ton to bring to the conversation because they weren't operating as a leader of the organization at this stage. And that's nothing against them. That just was. And so we talked about the fact that it would be really helpful to have criteria for who gets in the room. And so that's what I created for this episode. Here's here's the criteria. And again, if you want to get the PDF that has all this written down, because I know this is a lot really fast, we're going to put that in the show notes. But but here's here's number one. This person, for them to be in the room, this person needs to exemplify the culture of the organization. They need to exemplify why do we exist, where are we going, and what do we stand for. This person needs to have a unique perspective that they're going to bring to the table, that they're going to bring to the meeting, right? If everyone agrees on everything, then there's a lot of people in there that aren't necessary. They need to have a unique perspective. They need to be able to see the organization through a very specific lens. This person needs to be passionate about the organization, and they need to be willing to engage in the wrestle. If there's not conflict in this meeting, you're not doing this meeting right. And so you need to have people around this table that are willing to wrestle with this, that are willing to engage with this, that are willing to fight for something that they believe in because they're so passionate about the organization. The person needs to be invested in the future of the business, the mission, and the team. Here's the deal. If someone's been with you for two weeks, they're probably not the right individual to have in the room. Not because I have anything against people that have been with your organization for two weeks. I just think that you're going to be the person as a leader that has to live with this, right? If you've been there for a long time, you're going to have to live with the ramifications of this vision, both good and bad. Because when you decide what you're going to do, you are also simultaneously deciding what you're not going to do. If someone's only been there for two weeks, I don't think that they have enough context. I don't think that the stakes are high enough for them to really be able to effectively engage and inform this conversation. And finally, this person is someone that you can trust to leave the room as a leader who is committed to the vision. 
This can't be a thing where it's like, oh, well, I was in the room, but we didn't land on my idea, so I'm just going to be half-heartedly invested for the remainder of time while we chase this vision. (laughs) That doesn't work. This needs to be someone that's committed. So again, they need to exemplify the culture. They need to have a unique perspective. They need to be passionate about the organization. They need to be invested in the business's future, and they need to leave the room as a leader who is committed to seeing this vision achieved. That's the criteria for choosing the stakeholders. That's the criteria for choosing who gets in the room. So we said number one is define the non-negotiables. Number two is choose the stakeholders. Number three is change the scenery. If you're going to define an expansionary vision, I want you to know that that is an act of creativity. You are creating something in the future. You're creating a vision in the future. You're casting a vision for the future that's beyond your comfort zone. And that is an act of creativity. Now, some of us don't think of ourselves as creative people, but make no mistake, part of leadership is the act of creation. And one of the things that I've learned, especially as I write content like this and cast vision for the business that I'm building right now and work on the talks that I'm giving and work on the intensive frameworks that we're creating is if you want to creatively think about the future, you can't be bogged down in the present. So I've got three actions for you, three actions for making sure that you set your team apart to not be bogged down in the present so that you can think creatively about the future. And they rhyme so you know they're right. Change your place, change your pace, change your space. Change your place, go somewhere different. Maybe it's an Airbnb. Maybe it's a trip out of town. Maybe you're going to the beach. Maybe it's just a different office space. Maybe it's a coffee shop. Maybe it's someone's house. Maybe it's just not your office, not the place that you operate in every day because something happens whenever you change the literal physical space of where you are. So we're going to change our place. Next, we're going to change our pace. You have to slow down. You have to turn off your email. You have to turn off your phone. Start with prayer or meditation. Be willing to slow down and say, we're going to engage in the conversation. We're not going to say, okay, we've got an hour to have this meeting. This needs to be a half day to a day long meeting because we're talking about the long-term vision, the long-term future of the business. It's too crucial to rush. And then finally, change your space. And when I say change your space, I'm talking about your headspace. This is why I like to start vision casting intensives with prayer. Because we need to make sure that we change our headspace from business and tactics and strategy to say, hey, where do we actually want to go? What would be absolutely awesome? If we were to think 10 years ahead in the future, where do we want this organization to be? But more than that, what do we feel called to be? And what do we feel called to do? Allow yourself to get in on what God is doing. And in order to do that, a lot of times we have to change our headspace. But when I say change the scenery, that's what I'm talking about. Change your place, change your pace, and then change your space, being your headspace or where you are mentally and emotionally. Okay, so we're going to review them again. Number one, we're going to define the non-negotiables. Number two, we're going to choose the stakeholders. Number three, we're going to change the scenery. Number four, we're going to unravel the dream. This is what's so crucial. We're going to start with a timeline that is 
almost impossible to imagine. Think 10 years in the future. Now, for some of you, 10 years might not actually be impossible because maybe you've been in business for 15 years. Maybe you need to be thinking 20 years ahead. Maybe you need to be thinking 25 years ahead. But most of us, what I've seen, whenever I sit down with someone in an intensive, where we typically land is around 10 years in the future, where they're like, oh my gosh, think about where I was 10 years ago. If I look 10 years ahead, I have no clue what this thing is going to look like. And then remind yourselves, once you think about that timeline, and for most people, it's around 10 years where it's like, I don't know what that's going to look like. Remember this and, and remind your team of this. You've heard this quote before. We overestimate what we can do in 10 days, but we so often dramatically underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years. So we're going to establish the timeline of like, okay, we're thinking 10 years into the future. And then then we're going to recognize that it's like a lot of times we underestimate what's actually possible. And then we're just going to engage in a great healthy discussion about what we want, what we feel called to. Now, here's what I want you to know about the dream discussion. This is not a discussion that's focused on what's probable. This is a discussion focused on what's possible. This is a discussion rooted in the question, what if? What if we were to do this? What if we focused on this? What if we were able to write a book? What if we were able to meet this many customers? What if we were able to launch three new locations? What if we were to spread into different regions? What if we were to start establishing an online store? This is not an exercise in how. This is an exercise focused on wow, right? This should be the things that make everyone sit around the table and say, wow, how cool would that be? So there's a lot of really powerful questions that I've come up with that I use in our intensives to make sure that we roll this out to people. And we're going to put those in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you go to those show notes and download the PDF because that's going to be where you really get these questions and and where you're really able to walk your team through this exercise. But again, this is not a, a discussion about practicality. This is a discussion about where we want to go and where we feel called to go. And then from there, once we have that 10-year dream, well, then we get to decide the vision. And remember, vision at its core is where are we going? And we want to, in pursuit of the dream, in pursuit of where we want to go in terms of where we're called to be and the dream that we set about what if, what if we were able to do this 10 years from now, now we want to establish a clear, concrete goal that stretches ourselves and our team just beyond the limits of our comfort zone. This is what an expansionary vision is. This is what an expansionary vision looks like. Now, Jim Collins establishes that this is a BHAG, right? A big, hairy, audacious goal. And his definition of a BHAG is a three to five-year goal that is 50 to 70% achievable. But here's the deal. I'm not going to tell you it has to be three to five years. I'll tell you from my business right now, we started two and a half months ago. There's no way I'm establishing a three to five-year goal right now. I think that would be irresponsible, but I am going to establish a vision that's just beyond my comfort zone, and it's going to be in that 50 to 70% achievable timeline. So here's the deal. There's three questions we need to be able to answer as we establish this goal. Number one is what is the metric? What is the drawstring metric that if you were to focus on it improving, other things would improve as well? Now, for many of us, it's gross revenue. For many of us, it might be net profit. Maybe it's the number of customers we've served. Maybe it's the number of billable hours we've met. But what is the metric that you focused on? 
what is the timeline that is just beyond your comfort zone? And then what is the finish line? And we want it to be in that 50 to 70% achievable range because we want it to be something that stretches us. Now, before we close out, there's three things that I want you to remember about this vision. This final step of deciding the vision, of deciding this long-term goal, it's a discussion about where that is informed by how, but not driven by it. So we're answering the question, where are we going? And it should be informed by how are we going to get there? It can't be divorced from that, but it also can't be driven by the discussion of how. You also cannot have vision without vulnerability. We've said this on every episode so far. Brene Brown says you cannot have vision without vulnerability. If you don't feel just a little bit uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable with where you land, then you probably haven't done it right. Because casting a vision always demands vulnerability. It demands that we expose ourselves to something that might not be possible, but we're going to go all in on it anyway. And then finally, the final thing that I want you to hear is that the sign of a healthy team is their willingness to wrestle. If you have the right stakeholders in the room, there will be disagreement in this conversation. There will be wrestling. There will be healthy conflict. So make sure that you as a leader are fostering that. Now, here's the deal. I know this was so much information so fast. We're going to be breaking down these big concepts as we continue to roll out the podcast. Many of you are joining growth groups, which is absolutely awesome. And these are the type of concepts that we're working on in those groups and with everything that we're doing within the Path for Growth community. But here's what I want to leave you with. It's the five actions, once again, for creating an expansionary vision. Define the non-negotiables, choose the stakeholders, change the scenery, unravel the dream, and decide the vision. This is something you can do for yourself. This is something you can do for a business that you want to establish, or this is something you can do for your organization that is up and running. Wow, that was a lot. Y'all, if this was helpful, please subscribe, please share, please rate, please review. Please take the time to to share this episode with friends and, and colleagues and other business leaders that you know that would benefit from this content. That helps us a lot. I want you to remember that my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.